Amen. I love that song because it hits home with me. For many years, I was a slave to the fear of the approval of other people. And I can't tell you, when I finally figured it out that I didn't have to be, what kind of freedom did I experience? And now I don't care what you think of me. Amen? <laughs> All right. Happy birthday, Stephanie. Today's it, ain't it? Tomorrow? I'm good. I'm day early. I like October babies. We're the best. <laughs> All right. If you want to turn with me to the book of James, we're going to be in chapter 3. Um, one of the things in the book of James is, is that the way that we lie to ourselves. And, and that's kind of a continuing theme. And, and we try to convince our mind what we know in our heart is wrong. And, and we, we're going to come back and forth to this a, a lot because I know that myself and you can't become what and who God wants us to be until we start being honest with ourselves. And the most common form of this it could be called something like self-deception. It's the way we talk. The, the way we talk. We think we're, we're spiritual and, and, and not self-centered. But our words betray us. The way we talk shows that we're not nearly as mature as we think we are. Now on your outlines at the top there is James 1.26. It says, if you claim to be religious but don't control your tongue... You are only fooling yourself, and your religion is worthless. That's pretty clear, isn't it? That's really, really clear. And we're going to come back again and again to this. Uh, James chapter 3 gives us some graphic uh, detail about our words, what we, what we say. And he, he starts off with giving us a warning uh, to people like me and to, to teachers, but he deals with with all of us. James chapter 3. I'm going to be reading out of the ESV version. But it says, Not many of you should become teachers, my brothers. For you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness. For we all stumble in many ways. And if anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is a perfect man, able also to bridle his whole body. And if we put bits into the mouths of horses so that they obey us, we guide their whole bodies as well. Look at the ships also. Though they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are guided by a very small rudder, wherever the will of the pilot directs. So also the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts of great things. How great a forest is set ablaze by such a small fire. And the tongue is a fire, a world of unrighteousness. The tongue is set among our members, staining the whole body, setting on fire the entire course of life, and set on fire by hell. For every kind of beast and bird and reptile and sea creature can be tamed and has been tamed by mankind. But no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil, full of deadly poison. With it we bless our Lord and Father, and with it we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth come blessing and cursing, my brothers, these things ought not to be so. Does a spring pour forth from the same opening, both fresh and salt water? Can a fig tree, my brothers, bear olives, or a grapevine produce figs? Neither can a salt pond yield fresh water. 
Who is wise and understanding, understanding among you? By his good conduct, let him show his works in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast and be false to the truth. This is not the wisdom that comes down from above, but is earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. Guys, if you and me, if we don't watch our tongue, it will dominate us. And we have to learn how to tame our tongue. We got to learn how to, how to manage our mouth, watch our words, however you want to put it. We got to learn to do that. So today we're going to look at a faith that helps me filter what I say. Help me filter what I say. Now, why is that important? Why do I need God's help to do that? It's only words. Or we cover it with, you know, I'm just kidding. James gives us three powerful reasons why we need to ask God to filter everything we say. Number one, first reason is this. My tongue directs where I'm headed. My tongue directs where I'm headed. Fill in these blanks. I want you to talk about them during the week with someone. My tongue directs where I'm headed. Our words have tremendous influence, and they control our lives. And sometimes we don't even realize it. If I wanted to know where you were headed in the next five years, all I would have to do is listen to what you talk about the most. That's all I'd have to do. Because we shape our words, and the words shape our lives. We shape our words, and the words shape our lives. You know, because the tongue's so small, we kind of often overlook its power. We often overlook its influence. But James points out in this, this, this text that small things exert enormous control. He gave us two, two examples from horses to ships. James 3, 3 says, we can control very large horses by putting a small bit into their mouths. By controlling their mouth, we can turn the whole animal whatever direction that we want it to go. Can you imagine a 95-pound jockey on top of an of a 1,800-pound horse? And he's got just this little piece of steel in this horse's mouth. And that 95-pound jockey is in control of that 1,800-pound horse. That's amazing to me. With just a tiny bit in its mouth. What's he trying to say? Just a bit of a sentence. Just a tiny bit of a phrase can change the direction of somebody's life. And I know some of you are thinking... You know, I, 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 I relate to that. Just one phrase changed the direction of my life. We were building a, our house in 1991, and, and uh, it was the only night my wife and I have ever separated since, since we were married. So I, I told her I'd never build another house. But I became, I, I started to worry about the, the uh, bills we were putting in, the, the stuff we were adding to the house. It's, you know, if, if you want to test your marriage, just go build a house or remodel a house. Amen? But she kept adding stuff to the, she kept adding stuff to the house, and I was concerned about the money and, 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 and 
And, and you know, and she couldn't see that I was right. <laughs> and so we began to argue. And so, and it was, like I said, it was one night we stayed away and we, we kind of separated for one night. And, and we went to a marriage counselor and, and he looked at me and, and said, said one, one phrase. He said, Jim, do you tithe? I said, yeah. He said, well, then what are you worried about your money for? It changed my life. It changed my life. I never once again worried about money. That we moved in that house in February 6, 1991. Never again did I worry about money. One phrase. It just takes a bit of a sentence. Then he talks about the rudder on a ship. Can you imagine the, the, and you've seen them, a lot of you guys have been on big ships, the, the enormous waves and, and, and the winds that come. But if you look at the rudders, they're relatively small compared to these, these big old ships that we're on. Yet they direct the ship. And if wherever you turn it, it goes in that direction. James 3, 4 says, or take ships as an example. A tiny rudder makes a huge ship turn to wherever the pilot wants it to go, even though the words are strong. See, our words are like a rudder. They either keep us on course or they direct us way off course. Amen? They, they can do that. And, and just as a side note, parents, I, I've often, even now with my, my kids as old as they are, I've often been overwhelmed at, at, the, at the, the influence that my words have on my kids. They, they really, really are impressionable. Kids at, kids at every age remain impressionable by our words. So be careful about that rudder between your nose and your chin. Amen? Now, your tongue is the, is the steering wheel of your life. What, is, what am I saying? If you don't like the direction where your life is going, then you need to change. You need, you need to change uh, the way you talk to yourself. That's what I'm basically saying. You need to change the way you talk to yourself. Your tongue is directing your life. Sometimes I find it best to say nothing. Not a thing. Especially if you're getting ready to gripe. Or complain. Did y'all hear the story about the man that went to the monastery to stay for a while? And he went to stay for a while. He's there for a year. But only on one condition could he stay. He couldn't say nothing for an entire year. And then at the end of the year, they allowed him two words. He went all year. He didn't say nothing. He'd come in for his, his two words to the, to the head uh, monk, whatever you call it. He said, give me your two words. He said, bed hard guy walked out he went a whole nother year didn't say a word he said okay give me your two words he walked in he said food cold he went to his third year didn't say a word came into the head monk's office give me your two words he said I quit <laughs> he said I'm not surprised all you've done is complain since you got here <laughs> but if you don't like the direction you're headed, you need to change the way you talk, especially 
about yourself. Choose our words carefully, especially if we're ready to grab Proverbs 13, 3 says, those who, who are careful about what they say protect their own lives, but whoever speaks without thinking will be ruined. Will be ruined. Now I need to, to filter my words. And I ask God to, to help me filter my words. Number two, because my tongue can destroy what I have. My tongue can destroy what I have. And very quick too, I might add. Amen? Does that ever happen to anybody? It can destroy you. David said all the time. James 3, 5 says, Your tongue is a small thing, but what enormous damage it can do. Just like a tiny spark can set a great forest on fire, your tongue is also a dangerous fire. 2018, there's 1.6 million acres of forest destroyed in California. 1.6 million. And the largest section was well over 400,000 acres. One fire. One fire. And they traced it back to one tiny spark from a hammer that hit a tent stake. And sparked on the dry material. One tiny spark. Almost a half a million acres. Just like a careless camper... We also know that careless words can destroy an entire life. They can destroy an entire life. Gossip, rumors, bad jokes. They can destroy. We call that a verbal arsonist. A verbal arsonist used their words to, to, to set things on fire. You see, the wrong words can inflame a situation. You can burn people with what you say or what you write. You can burn them. I wonder how many folks have let their words destroy their career. I wonder how many people have let their words destroy their marriage. I wonder how many people have let their words destroy their reputation. I wonder how many people have used their words to destroy a church. I wonder how many people have let their words to destroy a friendship. You know, fire and words, when they're under control, they give warmth. And they give light. But fire and words out of control are devastating. You can lose everything. Proverbs 18, 21 says, You will have to live with the consequences of everything you say. Of everything you say. My words can destroy what I have. James 3, 6 says, Among all the parts in your body, your tongue is the one that causes the most wickedness and spreads evil everywhere. It can corrupt and ruin your whole life. So what is the filthiest part of your body? What, what part of your body creates the most shame? What part of your, uh, of your body sins the most? Your mouth, your tongue. 
but it seems like from what I read and hear people, lots of Christians think it's their sexual parts. They think that God created the they think that God created the hands and the arms and the head and the torso and the legs, but the devil slapped their genitals on. <laughs> Amen? Y'all see what I'm saying? Was we live? <laughs> but they think it's, it's, it's the sexual parts. You know, God created those. They were his idea. God says it's the mouth, it's the tongue, it's the words that causes us to sin more than anything else. I, I got to ask you, how many Christians are offended by all kinds of sexual sins of the world and think nothing of the sins of their mouth? How many Christians? are offended by all kinds of sexual sins of the world, and they think nothing about the sins of their mouths. The Bible talks more about the sins of the mouth than sexual sins. It talks about, I got a list of them, backbiting, lying, threatening, cursing, boasting, deceiving, ridicule, slander, complaining, hypocritical words, bitter words, flattery, and flatteries of sin, mocking, judging, filthy language, gossip, but these are sins that are somehow sanitized. Do you get it? We're not ashamed of them at all. God's words create a chain reaction. Wars have been started by just a few inflammatory statements. Proverbs 21 23, if you want to stay out of trouble, be careful what you say. Next, James uses a zoo to illustrate. People can tame all kinds of animals and birds and reptiles and fish, but no one can tame the tongue. It is an uncontrollable evil full of deadly poison. God says, humanly speaking, our tongue is uncontrollable without his help, that it's hopeless. You're not going to control your tongue with simply willpower. It's an uncontrollable evil. It's wild like an animal. It's wild. Animals are wild. As a kid, they called it Lion Country Safari. Was that what it is? Down south of Atlanta, it was something new, and, and my dad took us off. To, I can, I'll never forget the sign as you come in. It said, keep your doors closed, because these animals are wild. Windows up. These animals are wild. He said, the tongue is full of deadly poison, full of venom. Guys, just a little bit can kill you. Just a little bit. You can assassinate people's reputation with your mouth. You can assassinate someone's reputation with social media. Do you really want to assassinate someone? Here's the third reason 
we all need a filter for our mouth. My tongue displays who I really am. My tongue displays who I really am. It reveals real character. It reveals my true identity. It shows my real heart, not the fake me. Your words show how spiritually healthy or how spiritually sick you are. Your mouth reveals what's going on inside you. It's why the doctors used to say when you first walk in, stick out your tongue. <laughs> stick out your tongue. It's where they used to take your temperature. James points out here in the next verse uh, he, he, how inconsistent we are. 3, 9 through 10 says, we use our tongues to praise our Lord and Father, but then we use the same tongue to attack and curse other people who've been made in the same image of God. So blessing some people and cursing others comes out of the same mouth. Listen, my brothers and sisters, this should never happen. We're Jekyll and Hyde. One minute we're praising God, the next minute on the way home from church we're saying, shut up! You know what I'm talking about? Has it ever happened to you? Praising God. Dave said it happened yesterday. He's being honest. We praise God with our mouths at church on Sunday. Then we tell our spouse to shut up on the way home. Our tongues are an incredible contradiction. You attack and curse other people who have been made in the same image of God. In the same image. So I got to ask you, how do you talk about people who disagree with you politically? How do you talk about human beings, sons and daughters of the earth, that disagree with you? Are you polite? Do you treat people with dignity? Are you respectful? How do you talk about, about people who are different in your religion? Do you make jokes about their denomination? Or is there name calling? Do you buy into this, this stereotyping of other religions, of other denominations? How do you talk about people who are immigrants? What do you say about people of different cultures? And I know you're saying, Jim, I wish you would quit bringing that up. I'll quit bringing it up when the Bible stops talking about it. So if the Bible bothers you and you don't like what it says, then maybe this is not the church for you. And I don't mean for, to run you off. We're just going to teach what the Bible says. And it says you can't treat people with disrespect who are made in the same image of God. You just can't do it. And I want to warn you, your pastor, somebody loves you, you're going to have to explain that attitude to God someday. God says good and bad should not be coming out of the same mouth. You know, one of the things that bothers me 
about me is how can I, how can I, Jim, sometimes say the most unloving things to the people in my family that I love the most? Does, does that even bother you? Or am I the only one that's ever done that? Am I the only one with that, that problem? How is it that we can, we can speak loving and kind words one moment and then in the same breath lash out at them? How, how can we do that? I got to tell you, that grieves me. It grieves me. I can be impatient and harsh with the people that I love the most. What causes that? What causes your nose to run? No, it's not an allergy, I don't think. James 3, 11 through 15, maybe answers that. Can fresh water and bitter water come out of the same spring? No. Can a fig tree bear olives or grapevine produce frigs? figs? No. Almost said a dirty word. And you can't fresh, and you can't get fresh water out of a polluted well. How humbly you live, not how you talk, shows your wisdom. If you harbor bitterness or jealousy or self-centered bias in your heart, you shouldn't boast that you're wise. You deny the truth to make yourself look better. That's not wisdom. It's earthly. It's unspiritual. And it's inspired by the devil. You see, whatever's in the well, he's talking about your heart, is going to come out in the water. What's even in the heart comes out of our mouth. You see, whatever in the tree comes out in the fruit. A cherry tree doesn't produce apples. Here's my point, what I believe this verse is saying. You can write this down. My deeper problem isn't my tongue. It's my heart. It's my heart. You see, my mouth eventually will betray what I'm like. My mouth will betray what I'm really like. Well, we might say, I, I don't know what come over me. It's not like me to say that. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. I meant it. If you meant it, we got to quit kidding ourselves here. We got to quit pretending. We got to quit what we use for self-deception. We got to stop that. My tongue displays what's inside of me. So what's the solution? We can't do it on our own to, to do what I need to do. Two things. Ask yourself this. Two things. Number one, ask the Holy Spirit to change my heart. We can't do it on our own. So we got to ask the, the Holy Spirit to change our heart. Every day. Every day I have to ask this. Not just by words, my heart. Not just by my words, but my heart. Ezekiel 18.31 says, Rid yourself of all the offenses you committed and get a new heart and a new spirit. You start by confession. 
You start by confession. You have a transplant of the heart, and only God can do that. Matthew 12, 34, Jesus said this, For out of the overflow of your heart, your mouth speaks. You see, your mouth only speaks what's in your heart, according to Scripture. You see, I don't have, me, Jim, I don't have a tongue problem. I have a heart problem. You see, someone with a, with a harsh tongue is revealing an angry heart. Someone with a negative tongue is revealing a fearful heart. Somebody with an unfriendly tongue is revealing a hard heart. Somebody with a critical tongue is revealing a bitter heart. Somebody with a boasting tongue is revealing an insecure heart. Somebody with a filthy tongue is revealing an impure heart. Somebody with a judgmental tongue is revealing a guilty heart. Somebody with an overactive tongue is revealing an unsettled heart. Somebody with an encouraging tongue has a happy heart. Somebody with a gentle tongue reveals a loving heart. Somebody with a controlled tongue reveals a peaceful heart. Guys, it don't do no good to paint a pump if there's poison in the water. No good. Doesn't help to change the outside. I want to tell you something as we're almost getting ready to close. God specializes in heart transplants. Jesus came to do that, to give you and me another heart. And I want to tell you, you can start that today. In Christ, you can become a new person. The old has passed away, the new has come. David, King David wrote after an adulterous affair, asked God, he said, create in me a new heart, a clean heart. If you need a fresh start, ask God, do that today. The second thing is this, ask him to help me manage my mouth. Help, ask God to help you manage your mouth. The Holy Spirit to manage your mouth. You know, knowing that you can't do it on your own, you need supernatural help. Psalm 141.3 says, Lord, help me to control my tongue and help me to be careful about what I say. I wrote this on my Facebook page this morning. The greater proof that we are filled with God's Spirit, that you are Spirit-filled, is not speaking in tongue that you don't know. It's controlling the tongue that you do know. That is proof of being filled with the Spirit. Can I get an amen? James 1.19 says, be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. Engage your mind before putting your mouth in gear. Come on up, Ben, Lee, Leanne, Jeff, and Conga Boy. While they're coming, I want to ask you, what does your tongue say about you? What does your tongue say about you? I want to ask you something else. What direction is your tongue leading you? What direction? What direction? What do you talk about the most? Then I want to tell you as your pastor, and somebody loves you, I tell you this all the time because I do love you. Let Jesus have control of your heart. I want to encourage you to give your life to Christ today. 
And if you've given it to him, you, you realize after I've been speaking, he doesn't have it all. You haven't given him 100%. Give him that other percent today. Give him the rest of you. Let you be all in. Let Jesus Christ begin to shape your words today. Let's pray. My Lord. I realized that, that what I say from here is important. So forgive me when I mess up and Jim comes in when he shouldn't. Forgive me when maybe my joke shouldn't have been told. But I'm serious about you, God. I love you so much and you've changed me so much. But I still got a lot of work. So change my heart today. Help me to be quiet before I hurt someone. Help me to let you guide my my tongue instead of my pride my temper is it Lord my, my folks here I lift them up to you may they get to know you a little bit more today and for that one or two or three that, that have never accepted you as their Lord and Savior, I pray that they would do that today. That their heart would begin to change as you move in and they accept you. Lord, we love you. We praise you and it's in your mighty name that we pray. Amen.